Hello, welcome to this special double edition of uh, 10,000 Posts. Uh, by which I mean, I guess it's a two-parter. Yeah, 20,000 posts. Twenty. We're doing 20,000 posts. We're doing 20,000 um, posts. If you haven't guessed by both the title and Milo's interjection, we have both Milo and Tom back on the show, our resident Ophropologists, uh, because right. they they found some more oaths. Like in in all your breaks, like working in this in this in this little studio that we have, uh, as you mentioned in the first episode, you guys like to send each other oaths and to dissect those oaths. Mm. Um, and we did uh, we we did that in oaths episode a while back, which was I would like to sort of say like see that as a like a like a little sample platter, the mainstream oaths, the ones that kind of cross into Instagram. Um, you know, much more. They sort of are in the sort of vein of Big John, but this time around, you've brought us a um, uh, like an like an app, nice appetizer platter. Yeah. Of I feel like we haven't gone really deep into. I feel like if you go deeper, you'll find getting some more into like small but... plates. <laughs> yeah. It's more conceptual cuisine. Yeah, we've yeah. had you know the amuse bouche of oaths, and now we're into the appetizer. Yeah, yeah. We've, um, had the, we've had the tasting menu, and now we're in an oaf restaurant that only serves foam. Yeah. yeah. Well, we do foam, actually foam, I mean, different kinds of foams, I mean, gels. We, we do actually have a chef that we are going to be talking about in this uh, in this double we edition. Do. A very aerated um, man. And some like yeah, more food right. content. There's some really weird food content mm-hmm. in in this in this one. So you've got a lot to look forward to. So this so, is so this is a uh, this is part one. This is the free one. Yeah. Mm. And part two will be the will be the bonus one. Yeah. Um. So check that out. Megasode. Uh, you you can re- you can really have both. Yeah, right. You're, you're welcome to yeah. twenty thousand oafs. Yeah. Like both the oaf. All of which is to, all of which is to say, if you will want the second part of this, it is on Patreon. Five bucks a month mm, helps us do the show. Best of oaf. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash 10k post podcast. You know the link. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, check that out. It, it's it's complimentary. Like you really can't have part one without part two and vice versa. It, 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 it won't be in the show notes because it won't be out yet. But. At some point. <laughs> at some point. Okay. Like, okay. So let, let's, let's. There's going to be a part two. It's going to be the bonus episode. This is not complicated. Let's move on. Sorry. I apologize. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm the oath in this, in this room. Um, let's revisit. <laughs> let, but let's re- like revisit one of the oaths that we talked about in uh, the first episode that we did. See what he's up to these days. Um, Bevo. Bevo. Bevo sort of getting into. Uh, Almost crossing over into mainstream territory, mm-hmm. but yeah, what what has Bevo been up to since we last spoke about? Did we, did we talk about Bevo I've, briefly? I, in kind of, I think we've talked about Bevo we've talked more, about it more since. Yeah, the, in like, yeah. the listener <laughs> doesn't know. Like for the benefit of the listener, in between oaf oaf episodes, we the group chat has been alive, rife with oaf discussion, <laughs> such that it's quite hard to remember what was actually said on the. So yeah. I think in the first episode, we briefly kind of touched on Bevo in connection to kind of other of so for those who aren't familiar bevo is a young man from the uk who uh has got lives the lifestyle of a boa constrictor yeah he has uh, mm-hmm. garnered fame because he doesn't chew so like this man mm. is swallowing like whole roast potatoes sausages he's you know famous for his big ups before you know he eats his meal you know big up the chinese mm-hmm. big up nigeria <laughs> big up the continentals yeah big, big up, up the continentals the yeah He's, he's actually like um uh you know he's he's a he's a plant he's like a, he's like working for the Chinese government he's he's there that's why he's on TikTok yeah Xi Jinping has like grown Bevo in a lab mm. <laughs> well, I I, he that. had to take down the video where he said big up Taiwan yeah that's right 
That's the, the other thing that came out of that lab in Wuhan was Bevo. <laughs> <laughs> Two things were released at the same time. Well, maybe like Bevo was like the side, you know, the side product. Like you, you know, you 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 build the great, you build the great virus, but some guy who's just a tourist happening to cross up that time gets Bevo, infected. Bevo um, is the chemical effluent of the creation of COVID nineteen, <laughs> emerging from the lab and immediately swallowing a whole pangolin without what? chewing. Not like Alex Mack. Yeah. <laughs> so well, yeah. yeah, Bevo is like. He's kind of in the realm of there's a certain strata of TikTok personalities in the UK who are they're not necessarily as directly appealing and have as broad a spectrum of fans as someone like Big John. You know, Big John's content, it's, you know, replicable or repostable on every platform, works well on Twitter, on Instagram, Mm -hmm. on TikTok, whereas Bevo is like very much stuck in the TikTok realm and has like Mm. obviously gathered an audience because one he's a little bit weird looking he does mm-hmm. look like a beaver um, well not anymore because one of the things I was really upset about was when you sent a video to us where Bevo got his teeth done yeah Bevo Bevo he, has normal teeth now and I don't know how to like I don't know how to he um, doesn't, he doesn't need them they're purely decorative yeah. he Be- doesn't he doesn't look like a beaver exactly he looks like yeah. he looks like if they'd had a beaver in Ice Age yeah he does look like <laughs> the thing from Ice Age <laughs> yeah. yeah so like Bevo obviously became famous on TikTok, quote unquote famous, because how famous are these people we're talking about? He's a boutique oaf. He's yeah. a luxury oaf. Yeah, a marketing company would come to you and say like, oh, we've come up with this really, really, you know, bespoke plan for you. You just have to get on TikTok and not mm. chew. I love yeah. the idea of there being like the super soldier lab, like below yeah. below Langley, Virginia, and then being like, okay, so we've got this one, we've got this one guy, he he can deflect bullets. We've got this other guy, he is immune to radiation. And then there's this sort of like one like shit scientist who's like, we've got him. Yeah. He he doesn't chew. It's the I it. need to chew. <laughs> and how are we and how are we going to be uh, how are we going to be using this in the uh, coming ideological war? I I don't know. <laughs> Chinese, they've got to chew. Yeah. <laughs> no chew needed. Yeah, you ain't yeah. got, yeah, got to chew Chinese. You know, it's very slippery, very wet, very soft. Mm. We're going Australian now. Oh, the Australian scientists who've built this uh, no chewing oaf. Well, it's a real time saver. We've worked out how much time the average person spends chewing a year. Mm. Yeah, Bevo is a, a psyop by Big Mapo Tofu. You know, like a food not required to chew. Well, yeah. So, like, I, I like the idea that Bevo was previously trying to be like a book talk influencer or something, and then like he went to one of those social media consultancies, and they were like, "No, the only way you're going to get traction is by if you just stop chewing." And he's like, "But I've chewed my whole life," and they're like, "Well, you've all got to make sacrifices." <laughs> well, unlearn it, mate. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You, you've got to stop talking about Proust, whatever it is. No one's interested. Yeah, Bevo's <laughs> the dark side of being the throat goat. <laughs> I, I'd like to hear Bevo on Proust. I want to see Bevo fucking housing a Madeline. Yeah. That would be good. <laughs> <laughs> Big housing up. a seven-volume novel. <laughs> big up deals with the devil. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like... <laughs> big, up, big up my childhood. Big up, big up reminiscing. <laughs> big Just, up my mother. Yeah. We need Bevo to write a series of novels in the kind of Nausgaard vein, just like mm. extremely long, mm-hmm. kind of pointless. Just big like up my camp. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so Bevo was like, he's kind of skyrocketed in terms of like notoriety since we last talked because like now he's kind of getting some brand deals. Like you're saying, said he's gotten 
Uh, he's gotten the Wrigley's specials. He's gotten, you yeah. know, veneers that look like chewing gum. Um, and he's also he, beefing with TikTokers, apparently. Like, I didn't know. Like, I just found this when I, when I was looking up something else about Bevo. 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 I'll swallow um, you up. Where, <laughs> where like, in a, where I'll swallow your hand. You just swing a punch at him. He <laughs> so, just opens his mouth. <laughs> so, so please, so please, I'm going to read out the sentence and please, like, if you understand it, please decipher it. Mm-hmm. Because it's one of those words, it's one of those sentences where if someone said that to you, you would wonder if you're having a stroke. Mm. Um, after Bevo slagged off H off Tiki Toki on TikTok Live, HS Tiki Toki got with Bevo's bird the next day and put her on OnlyFans. Yep. So uh, put her on OnlyFans. His OnlyFans. I don't yeah. know. So I don't well, know. Like she's like she's a dog or something. <laughs> like like it's very like. Does she have no agency in this and, process? And the only reason this comes up is because apparently, so KSI, the sort of like OG mm-hmm. influencer YouTuber, mm-hmm. yeah. um, Chesham's finest. Chesham's KSI, finest yeah. amplified that. So now it's become this really big thing. And is this? Is, and I thought that was quite interesting, only in the basis that, like, as you mentioned, like we don't really know how much of a celebrity Bevo actually is. He's mm. sort of a celebrity in as much as he is a sort of social media personality, um, but sort of being recognised by like KSI and that whole sort of like actual commercial unit of side, like the side men as a commercial mm. unit. That sort of that's to me that sort of signifies something. Shifting. It's, Not cele- to say that, it's yeah. celebrity is a kind of self-reflexive ethereal concept. So you've, you've put it better than so I ever like, could. So, yeah. so KSI is not is is a celebrity within a very very specific sphere. Right. But if he is recognizing somebody else's celebrity, then that yeah. brings him brings Bevo into that into that sphere as well. But you still would probably have to explain it. Yeah. To quite a lot of quite a lot of people you'd have to know mm. well I so th- celebrity I think th- is kind of conceptual uroboros it's yeah. it's swallowing itself exactly which is why bevo fits in <laughs> which perfectly. is why bevo fits in perfectly because he is a conceptual ouroboros exactly yeah. Milo. so like the thing w- with this is that like so this crosses into the realm of kind of online celebrity like combat sports so mm-hmm. hs sticky talky um ksi i would disagree i think ksi is probably if you ask anyone, like any man under the age of like 25, they will instantly know about KSI and will tell you loads about him. He is probably arguably one of the most like famous digital creators oh, yeah, in no, the no, UK. No, 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 I appreciate that, he, that he's famous. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not well, like, like your mum doesn't know. Yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. also I don't know any men under 25. Why would I? There you go. <laughs> you never know. You know, yeah. the... not fucking nonsense. Yeah, exactly. I'm not a pervert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not some kind of pervert, am I? <laughs> <laughs> I like a drink in a bar and that's the end of it. Going <laughs> up to 24 year olds, asking them if they've heard of KSI. <laughs> <laughs> that a great opening line. <laughs> if you're a woman, fuck Tinder. Just go up to random guys in a bar and ask them. Forget, you know, oh, how often you think about ancient Rome's Like, do you know about <laughs> KSI? You know about I would be asking people about KSI. I'm a Mr. Beast woman, as you well know. <laughs> but yeah, so it very much exists in Remember this. Remember when of, he was just little Johnny Beast? <laughs> this uh, world of like TikTok and like YouTube or boxing, and like it's it's kind of a natural path of like. You get a certain amount of fame, you start beef with other people on your level, and then you get in a ring and have like three rounds of the world's worst boxing. 
Mm. And then you've got this like weeping boxing trainer being like, I tried to teach him how to box. He keeps swallowing the gloves. Yeah. Yeah. Boxing trainer mournfully. He's not a wrecking machine. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so. um, He keeps just just going up to people just trying to swallow their feet. Well, Bevo could be like the sort of like the inventor of the Fosbury flop, you know, like it's like no one's ever tried swallowing the punches before. No. But he sort of wins by default because both their hands are stuck in Bevo's gullet. No, Bevo's doing like a kind of roundabout version of Prince Nassim. He's not putting up his guard at all and instead of like dancing backwards he's leaning forward with his mouth open <laughs> what happened to Prince Nassim uh, funnily enough I was in a taxi recently and uh, please the- don't say it was driven by Prince Nassim no no no, no. Myself. Uh, the taxi driver proceeded to tell me about all the famous people that has been have been in this taxi Rupert Grint was one of them and the, he then started to tell me this you elaborate... Know, Rupert Grint from Thunderpants. <laughs> this uh, elaborate story about a, <laughs> a large Do gentleman. Do that? <laughs> no! <laughs> I just thought that would be funny. Like a guy who thinks of Rupert Grint as being famous, but only knows him from the film Thunderpants. <laughs> what is Thunderpants? It's a film that came out, I think, like towards the end of the Harry Potter films. Um, and is it, it was a like... Harry Potter <clears throat> film? Harry Potter and Thunderpants? It was a film about... Um, Rupert Grint going into space, but he's like kind of farting the spaceship yeah, into it was about space. Yeah, it was about mm-hmm. a boy who like couldn't stop farting and then they made him into a rocket. Yeah. I think that was sort of it. What are you talking about? It was about? kind of like an Ovid, Ovid's Metamorphoses type deal. It sounds it. <laughs> yeah. Whatever cocaine those producers were on, I want to try. <laughs> yeah, the kind that makes you fart a lot. <laughs> it's been cut with something. But yeah, so I suppose just to put a pin in Bevo, because we have other... No, sorry, ops- so Prince Nazim was in this cab, was he, at some point? Yeah, so okay. he starts to tell me this long protracted story about... Um, one time a guy got in his cab and had a machete and was on the way to kill someone and he talked him down. Very much like, you know, taxi drivers love kind of bigging up their own morality when talking to people who are struggling. And then he starts telling me about... Like that one taxi driver who's like, you know, I drove Ted Bundy around, he decided not to kill me. (laughs) Yeah, that one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then he just starts telling me about like, oh, you know, there's one day I picked up this guy who's quite large and everything and was chatting to him and everything and... He started telling me he was a, he used to be a boxer and stuff, and now he's retired, but he's a coach. And it turns out it was Prince Nassim. And I was like, oh, interesting. It was like, did he headbutt you at any stage? But anyway, to put a pin in Bevo, um, he has kind of crossed the Rubicon now of notoriety that he is now engaged in, like, you know, uh, kind of TikToker boxing beef. Mm. So, like... He also swallowed the Rubicon. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Well, he swallowed the dye. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... <laughs> So Julius is what the fuck, mate? Yeah. I was gonna cast that. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, stay tuned, I suppose, for more Bevo updates. But we do have other oaths to talk about. We do have other mm. oaths to talk about. The last thing I'll just say about Bevo is I do want to gently introduce my theory about Bevo being a being a kind of saint-like figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, really would like to connect his uh, his swallowing activity with. Uh, with with the Eucharist, um, and you can make of that what you will. Swallowing activity was one of those DVDs you could get from Amsterdam back yeah. in the day. <laughs> That's what happened when his bird got put on OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> Bevo's bird and swallowing. Do you think like the, the Zuma OnlyFans creators will they, they might move in a sort of like analog direction? You know how like film cameras are back in and whatever they're going to go. No, no, I'm actually making like VHS porn in Amsterdam. I'm, ma- I'm making something called like Big Minges too. <laughs> or it already exists. <laughs> well, there's, yeah, there's a gap. There's a gap. In the, a gap in the market for like you know uh, VHS 
uh, yeah, horny v- grannies 24. VHS yeah. port, and then someone will be like, why don't we open up a pop-up in Shoreditch Box Park to sell these VHS tapes uh, that you can only buy and you can't find them online. And yeah, you're going to be buying them yeah. off Tom Skinner. Uh, that's that's correct. Yeah, he'll, he'll, with, with his big coat with the videos, like yeah. he opens it up and all the tapes are sellotaped inside. I remember I recently went into a a, a, se- a sex shop in Harlow, which is called Shh. Lovely, because it, it's like it's like by a petrol station, like it's not in the town centre or anything. Is it part and of we, the petrol station? No, it's not, it's not like the mini It's like it's like across like a small street from the petrol station, but it's okay. like so it's, it's not like, like the BP like, shop. It's like Indian restaurant, laundrette, mm. sex shop, petrol Shh. station. Yeah. Nothing else in the in the nearby. What else do you need? So, well, exactly, and it's been there like since I can remember. Like si- since I reached a conscious age, it's been there. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, we've got to go in there and see. I'd never <laughs> been in there my whole life. We went in there, and they just had a huge, like huge DVD porn room. We're talking; it's like half the shop is just porn DVDs. Is it and like the Criterion just... Collection room where you sort of go in? Oh, in the yeah. And there was, it's like the BFI Institute. And there Have was, you got any Vim vendors? Yeah, in yeah. Here? The bit, the big fanny institute. There was other, and there was an, an otherwise like kind of normal looking guy in his fifties in there. He was the only other customer apart from us. He was just really intently browsing all of the porn DVDs, things like Horny Grannies sixteen and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, has it? Has the concept of the internet passed this man no, by? Like, I was so fascinated. I, I have a bit of respect for that on the basis mm. that like. Clearly, this is a man who is very dedicated to like knowing his tastes and sort of exploring his mm. tastes. It's like a very kind of, you know, why would you want... It's a revolt against the pornographic algorithm. Yeah. Right? It's, then the, it's, also, the, por- it's the porn version of the bookshop guy. But also, like, the porn... <laughs> The porn wasn't niche. It was so like all of the porn was like stereotypical porn. It was like the most like a big, 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 big tip bitches. Well, like, you know, like, it was like no, it, there was nothing. It wasn't like it was that kind of like oh, it'd be hard to find that on the internet. Yeah, but That's like, like a real. You know. But like, what if the, this guy provides a very niche clientele in the same way like audiophiles spend so much money on like mm. hi-fi stereo equipment I and want vinyl. The Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I want that granny minge. Yeah, because yeah, sure, okay. surely it's the same logic as like why why buy the record, why buy the vinyl if you can listen mm-hmm. to it online mm-hmm. or like on YouTube yeah, for free. You know, like they really it's jump like the shark. Yeah, and there's something else and like, you know, unless you know it, unless you're invested in that, then you won't ever be able to understand yeah, it. Yeah, they really jumped the shark with Horny Granny 17 when they stopped shooting on VHS and now it's jumped to digital. And you can kind of tell when you put in the VHS <laughs> that it's been like digitally <laughs> converted. It doesn't have that crackle. It doesn't have that, you know, ephemeral feel of, you know, voice. And there's that one porn company that took the gamble on Betamax. And they just- <laughs> some of those, some of those we- women were doing porn on wax cylinder. <laughs> should, we, um, should we talk about some more oaves? Let's yes. talk about mm. some more um, oaves. I, okay. I, I mean, you can, you can make make what you will of my uh, observation about the Eucharist but I think that what he's trying to do is expand the uh, expand the liturgical concept of the Eucharist out from just merely uh, merely the bread so everything as far as Bevo is concerned is the body of Christ and he is mm. unkeen to uh, to structurally to structurally compromise it with his teeth I mean as the uh, Catholic representative yeah. in this you know cross-denominational meeting i support this theory okay, good good, good. I'm glad, glad, glad to hear it so 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 i think bevo is is really a kind of modern not not kind of not modern saint exactly but maybe a kind of modern mystic kind of erasmus figure yeah in like 20 years we'll be examining the three miracles of bevo exactly mm. reading his re- bevo's marginalia will be a kind of really beautiful <laughs> uh, beautiful document in a 
in a Should library we? in Cambridge. Yeah, let's move on. Let's Should move we? on to yeah, the next do, do, you want to, do you want to tell us about Augie? Oaf number two. Oh, yes. so Augie is... <laughs> this was my submission. <laughs> Augie is like the perfect cross-section of me and Milo's interests in yeah. terms of like online guys. Oh, I fucking love Augie. It's just, it's so like, because it's, it, unlike most of the Oaths we'll talk about, there's a, there's a sort of, there's a knowing wink to the Augie persona. There's an element of like, Augie is doing some kind of self-satire. Whether it's completely successful or not, we, we can debate, but there is a, there's a sort of, Augie, Augie knows what he's doing. Yeah. Okay, so big news. My 16-year-old daughter is bringing her new boyfriend home to meet me for the first time and apparently he's really nervous so just to fuck with his head i'm gonna dress up in my full henry the eighth regalia which i've just pulled out of the old dressing up box and i'm gonna see how it all goes down <laughs> okay so like for people who are not familiar with augie or like what is hard or, or what the cross-section of interest between you two are mm-hmm. how does like what is the sort of nature of augie content that provides that like how would you sort of describe it to someone so who is I, sort of yeah introduced for the first time so i would say the cross section of interest is like one for milo he's a like a very certain type of posh guy he's yeah. like a little bit buffoonish he's a little bit boris johnson yeah he's like he's not like mega posh he's mm. like kind of like medium posh like you know he like he lives in like a farmhouse in rural essex mm. and like owns shotguns it's like mm. that that kind of guy like there's a lot of like him wearing a window pane <laughs> check shirt and tie with a gilet yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's that kind of energy and for me i and suppose he talks like this bloody hell you're never gonna <laughs> guess what the wife said now absolute fat cunt alert yeah fat cunt award goes to me i've had two sticky jobs puddings and then some cheese anyway can't hit a barn door at 100 yards <laughs> and then like the interest for me is like i have a certain affinity for local characters you know like i growing up my where i grew up had like an uh, an assortment of local characters one of them was a guy called texas tony and um, who i've briefly explained to you as a God, oh, it feels like it would be like an Albanian mobster. <laughs> like you did not fuck with that guy in Tirana in the mid nineties. <laughs> so uh, Texas Tony was a guy at home who fell off a roof when he was like a teen. This is all based on what I've been told. Fell off a roof when he was a teenager, and ever since has been convinced he's a cowboy. Uh huh. So huh? he will. <laughs> <laughs> What kind? What kind? It's like a League of Gentlemen character. How is this a real guy? What? 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 What, what kind of cowboy? Like a working cowboy? Is he on? Like he is he on a ranch or just like a cowboy in it for the aesthetics? Rhinestone. Uh, so he's kind of like imagine a little bit John Wayne. So like okay. he he rocks into the pub, you know, wearing like you know a leather kind of vest, a stetson, and everything. Are we talking a jerkin? Would you call it a jerkin? Mm, not really. It's more of a waistcoat. Yeah, yeah, I've had to put saloon doors on the pub. <laughs> so. Um, and very funnily enough, the uh, there was two pubs in uh, my area. They were both opposite the street of each other. And he would like mm-hmm. ping pong back and forth between them when he would get barred for a week from one, go to the other, get barred from there, back and forth, back and forth. We would get barred for like being too Texas. Yeah. And like genuinely would like believed he was a cowboy. And then it's a very funny story. He got put, he got brought to court because... He got pulled over by the police. I can't remember if it was like he did. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on a minute. So he believes he's a cowboy, but he's also like driving a motor vehicle. Okay, right. Yeah. So cowboys can drive. Don't be so. Don't be so limited in your. My trusty steed, the Renault Megan. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So he got pulled into court. I can't remember if he didn't have a valid license or insurance or something like that. 
um, and got like a small fine. And at the end of the proceedings, the judge asked him, was like, do you have any closing comments that you'd like to say? And he said something like, cowboys don't need driver's licenses. <laughs> they still do. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you still need. You know, mm. you might not need a horse license. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just because that's just assumed. Yeah. yeah. So skill um, is assumed. Well, only the horse. horse needs the horse license because they're the one who is a horse. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All the risk is shouldered by by the yeah, horse. Quite so it go, all goes on their insurance. Mm. But um, so yeah, Augie is very you much insure the horse, not the rider. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Augie is very much in that vein of like a kind of local weird guy who's like a character that you know you see him in the pub and you might have like a pint with him because you, you know he's going to say something funny or something weird and is entertaining mm. but is generally quite harmless see, my favourite see, this is, is the, this is the thing like I know Milo you said that you think that there's a kind of wink nudge self satirising element mm. to Augie but having not been especially familiar with him I am actually willing to willing to take him as a kind of pure documentarian <laughs> just because mm. he has a very very particular girlfriend stroke boyfriend's dad Mm. energy yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and uh, and in fact one of the one of the videos that we watched was uh it's quite it's him in the capacity it's of quite, girlfriend's quite, dad. yeah quite, quite quite demonstrative of that where he is meeting his 16 year old daughter's new boyfriend so he decides to dress as henry the eighth in what he describes as henry the eighth regalia now um as a um <laughs> as someone who takes a strong but amateurish interest in this time period i i cannot stress enough it's not it's not not even remotely correct his mm. henry the eighth it's kind of more like a crusader outfit if yeah, i remember well, it, it's <laughs> well no it's it's a, it's like it's actually it's a lot earlier um mm. what he this kind of he puts kind of sort of tunic and and kind of breeches on um there's a couple well, there's a sort of there's a sort of cloak it's much more kind of late medieval than it is tunic yeah. like if you've got in if you've if you've got in your head, yeah, he needs the like very the, the, classic the pantaloons and yeah, the, the puffy like, shoulder pads. Yeah, like the, if you've got in your head, like the classic, rough. the classic Henry VIII regalia, which is you know, which is the the Holbein big fur, big sleeves kind of slash doublet situation. It's it's not mm. that. So mm. what I would like to know is a if he has some kind of particular kind of recondite specialist interest in maybe what Henry VIII would have worn to joust in. Which to me is interesting. And I don't I would... know if the top hat necessarily. Well, the top hat is because he couldn't find his helmet. Right. Okay. That mm. makes sense. All right. Um, I'm doing Henry VIII in his comfies. This is what he wore around th- the house. This is Henry VIII's jammies. When he was watching old episodes of Space on. Yeah, exactly. This is Henry VIII's you know. depression outfit. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. You would be pretty depressed if you'd gone through that many divorces, to be fair. Divorces. He's doing all right. <laughs> yeah, to be fair. Well, I mean, well, that's the thing. Yeah, men these days don't have access to beheading. Yeah, no, what, I mean. And and if only they did, eh? <laughs> <laughs> what, well, what happened, what well, happened with your last wife? Oh, she survived. Well, technically, what do you mean? Well, technically, Anne of Cleves survives as well. Well, that's true. Yeah, she's in fact she's she outlives all of them. She outlives Catherine Parr as well. There you go. It goes. It goes to show. Goes to show. Sometimes being fit isn't all it's cracked up to be. And, <laughs> you know, you can't, as they say, can't keep a bad bitch down. Can't keep a bad bitch down. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so it shows him putting on his uh, his regalia, chuckling all the time, and then he goes off into the living room and starts singing "God Save the King." His daughter seems Which to. Which is find a weird it. song to sing if you are the king. Yeah. It's like singing "Happy Birthday" to yourself. <laughs> 
Well, there is a there is a there is a there is a certain I I suspect accuracy to the idea of uh, Henry VIII singing songs about himself. That was that's a very Henry VIII mm. thing to do. I'm Henry VIII. So I am being the most famous, of yeah, course. which he wrote. Yeah, people he think did. he wrote Greensleeves. He didn't. He wrote that. <laughs> well, it's clear from if you just reading the text of "I'm Henry VIII, I am." I mean, who else could it? I who mean, else, it's in the first person. Could have. I mean, he's put all the clues there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he sort of wanders off. He sort of wanders in. He doesn't make it clear that he is that he is in his Henry VIII regalia. He just looks like he's dressed up like a dick. Um, and his daughter, which I think is quite interesting, his daughter looks absolutely delighted by it and is filming it. The she also seems very unsurprised, which I feel is the most she seems, revealing. She seems element. very unsurprised. She probably, I mean, you know, she was probably probably in on it. To be honest with you, but uh, mm. the boyfriend looks just completely nonplussed, as right? you would be, as as you would be. But the rest of that, like, the family are all are all kind of laughing their heads off, and the boyfriend looks as if he has one is like wondering if he has made a mistake. A made a mistake, and and B you can't still be wondering at that point. If yeah, he's, if he's about to be, I suppose. He's what, like, am I going to be divorced, beheaded, or survive? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, what is, if, is he supposed to be sort of brought brought into some kind of get out situation? In yeah, essence, exactly. Mm. Well, he's I also like, he, dra- yeah, he, and I think the, the juxtaposition between yeah. how they're dressed, like he's kind of got his. I'd have um, Henry VIII the third time if I could. He's um he's like got like a North Face <laughs> jacket and mm. that sort of like. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, what yeah, because she's is. A, she's at Oxford Brooks, the daughter, mm. which is a crucial detail. Well, no, because this is her sixteen-year-old daughter, though. So this is a different daughter. Yeah, this is the, other yeah. one, right, this is the yeah. younger daughter. Oh, okay. I I don't know whether he must he must have got a heads up of some kind that like my dad like yeah, does my, my dad my dad, my dad, my does, dad does his TikTok. Yeah, my dad <laughs> like does saying my, that as yeah. though it's like a disability. Just being like, just so you know, my Isn't dad it? a few yeah. years ago he started a TikTok, and <laughs> obviously like we love him, but it has you know it, it's had an a, it's a degenerative condition. Maybe though. like he does. He behaves a bit peculiarly. He does now. But just if he if he gets his phone out, just honestly, the best thing that you can do for him is just to go along with it. Maybe he yeah. suffered, you know, head trauma and is convinced <clears throat> is convinced that he is Henry the Eighth in the same way Texas Tony is convinced he's a cowboy. Well, if he's convinced mm. that he's Henry the Eighth, then he should have been a bit more careful about his costuming. Yeah, well, he doesn't That's need a driving all. license. Well, like I said, if it's supposed to be like like I said, if it's supposed to be his jousting outfit, then I think you have to say that. Yeah. Because I feel like I feel like if you if you hear Henry VIII regalia, you have a very particular image mm. in your head, mm-hmm, yeah. and if you're seeing something which is so at odds with this image, you want to know why. Mm-hmm. Because if you believe you are Henry VIII, then by definition, anything you're wearing is something Henry VIII would wear. Yeah, but it's not regalia. <laughs> I think regalia recalls something very specific. Something that you mentioned, I was thinking in terms of like whether you're convinced that you are the character that you are, like whether you're convinced you're Texas Tony, whether you're convinced that you are Henry VIII, that sort of seems to be inherent in a lot of the oaths that we talk about. Not that they're sort of convinced that they are one person, but almost that they're on, it sort of oscillates between them being wholly convinced that they are these characters, but also recognizing that they sort of have to put on the performance to do so. And I wondered like in terms of actually experiencing it as, or even just like thinking about TikTok as a platform and what it sort of pushes people to do. I do wonder whether, what your thoughts are on like that element of oafishness being linked to the idea of needing to perform and overperform. Overperform. Um, overperform. Mm. Um, but at what point does that cross over to like, you're not actually sure when you're performing or not? Like, yeah, it's do you know what of, I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like, you know, I, I think on TikTok, there's a general rule of, Whenever someone blows up, whatever it is that they blew up for, 
they are just you know in a very sisyphean way doomed to do yeah. that forever <laughs> like you like if you blow up yeah, yeah. beaver has to swallow the boulder every yeah. day yeah. Big, big john is going to eat chinese like yeah, regardless yeah, yeah. everyone's to and it's like, becomes yeah. your gilded cage yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, a little yeah. bit like big john actually prefers indian but he just happens <laughs> to be having a chinese <laughs> that day <laughs> But um, it's a more a mournful just, bosh just, after your fifteenth chow mein that month. I just love some fish and chips. I just would really like some fish what and chips. What if he chips, like orders all the Chinese, but actually orders like fish and chips and like pretends to eat the Chinese and then off camera is eating the fish? I and chips. would love scandal. Oh, I, I would love cam- to see oh, like off yeah. camera. He's just like a really really committed food guy. He's just like yeah. he's like there being like okay, so this week I'm. Uh, I'm trying a Venezuelan ceviche. Yeah, um, I've, I've pan-seared some broccoli just with a little bit that, of chili that, and garlic. That's, uh, yeah. that's Big John's Patreon is to see him like... <laughs> <laughs> or like he's kind of... You find out that he's actually wearing like a large fat suit like <laughs> Jared Leto in the House of Gucci. Yeah, uh, Big John yeah. at St. John's. I'm, re- I'm reducing this uh, caramelized jus just to go on top of the onions, <laughs> Bosch. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I think there is a bit of a, a kind of a green... Uh, Green Goblin kind of dilemmas like once you mm. create that kind of character that blows yeah. up it will always you know be talking to you from the closet and yeah. you know speaking as someone who you know makes their has living a big green, John has a green in goblin the in the, in the yeah, my, like <laughs> opening your wardrobe and it's like yes get big john to be the green goblin in whatever spider-man reboot eventually happens an an extremely reinforced airboard thing (laughs) yeah yeah, that's what happens in madam web if you've seen it no (laughs) um but yeah like speaking as someone who you know makes my living as a content creator you do kind of over time find that either comedic or entertainment mode that you just naturally slip into yeah without really thinking when you know the camera's on or the mic is on or whatever and i think it's quite natural but the thing with tiktok is that there is such an inherent pressure to keep it up because tiktok incentivizes you to post a lot yeah and there are like other hosts that we're going to talk about on this episode where like that line seems to sort of cross more where mm-hmm. yeah. like as they're sort of posting or as like every moment of their life is effectively being posted like there's no meaningful way to make that distinction i think like when i think about content creators as a sort of like profession or as a sort of at least like a formalized job the idea being that like you can compartmentalize when you're making content and when you aren't but the thing about tiktok and i imagine like other platforms too but i think tiktok is sort of the most obvious example of this is where as that incentive to kind of keep creating content and keep reacting to stuff and um you know that it, it ultimately pushes you to a place where you it's not that you don't know when you're performing or when you're not but it's more like um when you are performing it really does sort of seem a bit hemmed up and yeah hence why big john said bosh not always needed that is a good point that's him trying to kind of philosophically divorce himself (laughs) from the persona trying trying to emancipate himself when he's doing Sponcom for the Miele Corporation (laughs) that's him looking in the mirror and and saying no no Bosch not always needed and then the goblin looks back Bosch always needed giving giving away his daughter at her wedding Bosch always needed (laughs) giving (laughs) leaving her there with her prospective husband and then just like having to physically restrain himself and go Bosh, not always. <laughs> do you it's take her day, John? It's <laughs> not about Bosh. Do you take her to be your lawfully wedded uh, wife, Bosh? Bosh. <laughs> does, does anyone know of any lawful impediment? And then it's just sort of echoing off the church 
wolves. Big John joining, you know, a seminary and becoming a priest and then replacing Amen with Bosch. Yeah. He's, he's kind of like a secular amen, isn't he? Yeah. He's up there kind of banging on the window. Bosh! <laughs> Bosh! Um, but yeah, like, I, I think that's a really interesting point of like, when does it cross over from like someone's genuine personality into being a character? Because like someone like Big John, I'm sure is like 95% of the way there in terms of like his personality on screen versus off screen is very much probably who he is. Mm. Um, no, we're still going to catch him having half a dozen oysters and one perfect martini. That's what's going to happen. That's the next stage for Big John. Um, but like, you know, similar to Big John, the next guy, I suppose we should probably talk about someone who he has kind of defied that a little bit and like has really kept the genuineness of his personality despite how big his profile has grown is... There's this Welsh guy called Corey's World. Yes. Yeah. So Corey is similar to Big John, also a food content creator. Mm-hmm. Um, be like also a big fella. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like I'd call him a mid-sized fella. Yeah, he's. I would say mid-sized. He's not. He's not Big John levels big. I don't know how tall he is. He's quite a. He's quite a rotund. Yeah. Fella. So. Yeah, but he's got nothing on on Big John. He's not. You could. You could. He. he he's done nothing to. Uh, to merit the the big mm. epic. He doesn't have the raw power of Big John. Well, he, he does also. He has a nan voice. No, we no, this isn't. No, this isn't. Cor- no, Corey's world doesn't have a nan oh, voice. Oh, Corey's world. Uh, Lawrence. Lawrence, who we, who we will, oh, sorry, yeah. we will be talking yeah, about. Yeah, Lawrence him. is a big fella. Sorry, Corey's world. Yeah. I don't Cor- think I've actually seen Corey's world. He's, he's, his video is very first person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Corey's world kind of blew up in that cross section of like personality driven content on TikTok and food content. So. Mm. He was doing quite a lot of uh, what I eat in a day, um, which is mm. like content that people love on TikTok. Spoiler alert, it's fucking horrifying. <laughs> Cook a healthy pesto pasta with me. I've never made this before. I couldn't find creamy fricci, so I'm using cake cream instead. Marinate the cream with some mixed herbs, black pepper, and obviously the pesto. I have no idea how much pesto you're supposed to use. I've gone for four teaspoons. Give it a mixy mixy. And now time for the health. Popeye would be proud. Chuck some spinach leaves in here. Obviously a mixy mixy. And let that cook away. I didn't know what cheese to use. So I've gone for mozzarella. I love it extra stringy. It's giving plop. Look at this pasta I found. Swirly tubes. So yeah. So Corey started out doing what I eat in a day and it was him and his girlfriend and his family and everything. And it like, I found it really interesting because it was, was quite refreshing in the sense that everything he was eating was very normal. Like lots of McDonald's, like potato waffles, stuff like that, you know? Mm. Um, and it was kind of really driven by his personality. Like he seemed like a quite genuinely nice person mm. and it, mm. it was, he enjoyed making content with his partner and his family and everything. And then, it slightly pivoted um, around at some point last year where he kind of reached an impasse with his health and wanted to lose weight. So he started doing, you know, what I eat in a day trying to lose weight, which is another category of like food content that's really, really popular. It ha- It is quite problematic at times because as we are regurgitating all of the worst parts of the late 2000s, early 2010s, is like a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of pro-anorexia content has come mm. back. Um, I've I've been served like quite a bit of like the the opposite where you've got kind of like it's sort of like uh 
and it's it's presented very dispassionately. It would just be like someone who is quite fat doing a video of like what they eat in a day, mm-hmm. but not even in a like oh like I shouldn't be eating this or I'm really mm. proud of this. Just presented very dispassionately, and it's like. You're watching it and you're like, I don't know how this is humanly possible. <laughs> well, like see, the list of like, there was this one woman who ate like 18 bags of crisps in a day. Yeah. Like just at work. And I was like, wait, how are you finding the time? Well, like a lot of, so a lot of that sort of thing originated in a lot of people trying to destigmatize like, and like present like, this is what like normal people like eat. Like they're not making these like. It's an immediate buzz for me. 18 <laughs> packets of crisps in a day. That's not, you're out of touch. Because like when I'm watching these videos, they're not like sort of, they're not, it's not like obviously highly curated health foods. It's mm-hmm. not, there's, it, it's not really there to sort of make a judge. And, it, and it's not to say that people don't make judgments on it because everyone makes judgments on anyone's mm-hmm. content. But it does all feel like really mundane, both in terms of what they eat, but also even the sort of aesthetics of it. It's just sort of shot very kind of, I don't, not lazy, lazily is not the right word, but it's just like, oh, you've just kind of whipped your phone out mm-hmm. and you haven't even like, <clears throat> you haven't even like cleaned the camera. You're just sort of yeah, putting it, stuff together. And I, d- I don't know, like, how does that sort of, yeah. Two sticky toffee puddings, it's a <laughs> whole plate of cheese. It's not like excessive, but it's also, I think the weirdness sort of comes perhaps because it is just like. It's normal. Yeah, it feels, it feels. And mundane no- is probably the better yeah, yeah, word. Yeah, I think mundane, yeah. It, it's weird, but it's weird in quite a like, yeah. you know. So like, I think the, I like the, I like Corey's world in a sense that he's very much kind of a bomb to the two extremes of the like super orthorexic like content where it's like literally not eating a single gram of fat. It's all like super health foods. It's usually quite expensive as well. And then the like super excessive like mukbang style content. And it's like Mm. he kind of has, he understands his audience, but he also understands the kind of people who are, he's a little bit rage baiting in the sense of like his cooking videos, like he'll throw a baby bell into making a pesto pasta or he'll make like and he'll admit himself that he's not a very good cook yeah yeah, so like yeah you can't get mad at him because he's not like pretending yeah what happens to the baby bell though when you put it in because the the kind of the waxy structural nature of the the kind of plasticky i think it does like i think it does i mean i've I've never tried to i've never tried to cook anything with it but like it's basically edam isn't it it's Marla doesn't know what he's talking about. It's not Edam. It's a it's a it's a non-Newtonian. Is this what it was? It is it's, non- it's, it's a singular. No, it's, we're gonna invent non-Euclidean <laughs> cheese. It's a sing. It's a singular cheese. It's a singular cheese yeah. product. Is a baby bell. I I worked with an office with someone who used to make this very weird office snack. So we we were in an office where like we got a lot of like free snacks at the mm. time, and one of those snacks that was always stocked up with baby bells. Mm. And she used to make this snack where it would be. Um, she would get like a Dorito and uh, it, I mean effectively it would be a nacho it'd just be like a sort of microwave nacho and it was it, it did look gross mm-hmm. and not particularly appetising mm-hmm. but the reason why I bring that story up is because I do know that baby bells do melt okay. so you could like use them in cooking yeah okay right well, I've just looked this up to see what a melted baby bell looks like and first of all it's disgusting <laughs> um, that's that's what a melted baby bell looks oh, like wow. yeah um, and second it's okay fine it melts but you can't melt it down smooth you can't put a baby bell in your roux no, example. you can't. No, you can't, you can't really make do a ba- that. A baby bell bechamel. You're putting like a loads, bechamel. You're putting loads of baby bells into a fondue yeah. fountain. Well, that's what this is. It's a yeah. Okay, fondue. I'm looking at pic- I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking at pictures of it now as well, and it's sort of like. 
It's just it it sort of keeps its shape, but it just becomes more gooey. Yeah, but I think like, uh, like so you'll get like a cheese within oh a my cheese. God. Mm. Like if you're making a cheese sauce of a baby bell in there, if you're making a cheese sauce of a baby bell in there, then you're going to get a cheese within a cheese. Yeah, effectively. Yeah, right. like okay. a kind of turducken, but for cheese. <laughs> yeah. So like, but I think that like food content on TikTok in the same way. Yeah, around like 2014 with the pivot to video and like tasty yeah. videos and stuff where like they were functionally on e- inedible like recipes but were done for like the visual factor i think a lot of food centered content on tiktok takes the route of that like super clean eating and kind of shameful of like a- any normal food that someone yeah. would eat you know sometimes you just want to have chips you can't eat quinoa all the time yeah or that like Came on with a baby bell melted on top of it. Compromise. Yeah, it's all yeah, about yeah. balance. This or, is, there's something interesting in that though about like shame though, isn't it? Because mm. this is like it's not to sort of say that TikTok is kind of a place you go to feel shame, like if you want to be shameless. But it, I I was reminded of something that maybe Clive Martin said last time he was on this show, but perhaps came from somewhere else, which was this kind of juxtaposition, which was about that this type of kind of this type of very ordinary mundane content mm. is almost like a reaction to the period of time where you like where most of the video stuff was very cleanly curated and where it was sort of created for the sake of not necessarily mass engagement but almost to kind of because it was so cleanly cut and so everything was so sort of curated um the reactions to that would not sort of elicit any kind of emotive response mm. Mm. um and i think i think as well that like like cory seems like a kind of very normal person that you would meet yeah. like every day and that like mm. i think that pedestrian element both to his dietary choices but also he seems quite affable like i included him on the list not because he's like oafish in a like kind of big john or augie way but the fact that like he's a little bit silly mm. but in a really normal way that's quite refreshing for the stuff you see particularly on tiktok this yeah, is... I think when you because when you because when you take a kind of very very normal person that you could just meet and turn them into a documentary subject, which is what someone who is making video content of themselves is doing, they're making a documentary subject of their own life. It does uh, it does make their normality uh, alien and spectacularized, and I think mm. that's I think that's why Corey's world's quite a kind of impulsive, um, not impulsive, like compulsive, compulsive viewing subject in a way that somebody like Oggie who, going back to uh, what Hussein said about something that Clive was saying when he last came on the show, is that a lot of these sort of folk celebrities, kind of folk TikTok celebrities, are local characters who should not be being seen outside of their neighborhoods, outside of their towns. It's sort of not, it's not quite right. It's like the first, it's like the first leopards that were were brought here for like rich people's menageries. They're yeah. they're out they're out of their they're out of their con they're Evo out of their does context. have a menagerie quality. He does have a menagerie yeah, quality. We really mm. don't need one tigers in Chesham or, you know, normal people in front of like three hundred thousand followers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Well like, this is something I've always found peculiar about well, first of all YouTube and then subsequently like TikTok and Instagram, is the kind of people like Corey's world who are just documenting their very mundane existence like they're not like a freak like bevo mm. or like a character like big john or and they're just like they're just boring and people are just watching them go about their boring life in a boring way and i'm just like what why are you watching this you're just watching like he's like you could just be doing that like, why <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that relatability factor it's like look at how much like 
reality TV focuses on well pre well, I, I suppose could just like, go and ask my neighbour what he did today and it'd be fucking relatable yeah. but I don't well, need well, that, but, but that's, <laughs> I, I don't that, understand but that probably oh, is what the Im- my neighbour does isn't relatable that probably is all. the impetus <laughs> <laughs> that probably is the impetus behind it One's though it, it is like this sense of like I don't know if relatability is really the right word but it is this sort of sense that like as recognisability recognisability but also just like the effects sense of, of fellowship the, the, effect, the effects of like mm. social alienation meaning that like you can't just knock up on your neighbour's door and be like um, can I cheat? Can I see your weird baby bell recipe? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. but like, how many different kinds of cheese you put <laughs> in your pesto, mate? Yeah, my baby <laughs> bell recipe's right. private. I mean, that's that's how you get yourself as a reputation as a local character. <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah. Like as I think, as you mentioned in the first Oaths episode, like one of the one of the sort of factors of the Oaths is that they they are just kind of local characters, and the like absence of like local character. Um, in your sort of local community, again, for like lots of reasons, which I think are kind of all rooted in. Uh, various degrees of kind of persistent alienation uh tiktok does sort of provide a simulation of that service and Mm -hmm. so and again and that's sort of the reason why these videos aren't they don't necessarily elicit a response which is like oh this is so disgusting you know we i think there's a very distinct category for like foods that are made for the purpose of being disgusting in the same way that there is a distinct amount of content for food that is made to look beautiful even if like the um mm. even if like they don't necessarily taste that well mm-hmm. this is this is this to me sort of speaks to something else which is much more about this need <clears throat> or this sort of interest in how other people that are kind of like you live their lives not to really make a judgment but more of just like a sense of morbid curiosity which again tiktok is very good at sort of optimizing because of the way mm. that it works well i think the like it exists on a kind of plane where in in the middle of disgust and awe is the mundane like the mundane doesn't really require reaction all it does is require you know engagement like if you are angered and disgusted by something you have to interact with it in an emotional way and the same way with awe is like if you're looking at like an Alison Romaine recipe that's like beautifully shot and like really well constructed it it exists on a spectrum with the same as like seeing a intentionally disgusting recipe being made on TikTok. Mm. Yeah, usually by an American with the help of a microwave. Yeah, and a giant block of Velveeta. Yeah, yeah. You've got to put that in anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, long-time listeners of the show will remember an episode we did with Riley. Uh, probably mm. The Marionetti one, yeah. yeah probably like sort of two years ago about uh, about disgusting food spectacle as being a kind of, not a, not a kind of mainstream aspect of uh, Italian fascist futurism, but definitely in there. So I think what we're saying is because capital infects everything, Corey's world is technically a fascist, <laughs> but a nice one. <laughs> yeah. A pleasant Welsh one. Yeah, uh, fascist would offer you a rabbit with a baby bell on top. And that is my analysis for the day, I think. And I suppose, like, as we're kind of coming to the end of this episode we should talk about in part we're going to talk more about this guy in part two on Mm. your patreon Mm. but chef dave so chef dave so chef dave Dave is 
I've seen no evidence of cookery in any of the videos <laughs> I've seen of this man. So Chef Dave used to be kind See, of like chef in the Dave, French yeah. sense of the word. Like he is like he's like the chef de mission. You know, he's like in charge of the gang. Well, I mean, these days, thanks to uh, thanks to that TV series, The Bear, everyone just calls themselves chef now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, chef. It's a sex thing now. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, been calling me chef in bed. <laughs> yeah, I'm spanking yeah, her with chef. a spatula. She's calling me chef. <laughs> um, no, like so. I'm saying, where's my sauce? <laughs> Chef Dave is. I'm like, showing up late with the inability to get an erection because of how much coke I've taken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that nature. That's chef right. play. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, Chef Dave was like, he was a chef in the sense of like, you know, pub bistro chef. See, I assume that Chef was his first name and it's just sort of something that's dogged him chef his Hanks. entire life. He just happens to be called Chef. Short for Chef. He's, he's not <laughs> Chef. Yeah. Chefy Dave, exactly. His full name is Chefy David. But, um, um, but yeah, so he he's kind of been growing on TikTok for the past four years. Um, like a lot of these people, like they kind of started creating content in COVID kind of just as a way to fill the time. And over the past two years, he's kind of become known for like he is the embodiment of that guy in his mid-30s you would see in like a local club in Essex in Stone Island obliterated on coke and like mm. double vodkas well actually oh, yeah. interesting one of the uh, one of the videos that you sent us is him about to go on a night out at the uh, at the bridge in Oxford and oh. I don't know if anyone's ever ever been to the to the bridge it's only the club shark end wishes it was <laughs> i mean pretty much it's only the club that burkine wishes it was that's all right it's because of its location it is a very very narrow room mm -hmm. so it's impossible to have a good night at mm -hmm. the bridge like it's it's mm. not just conceptually Unless impossible you're like a tapeworm. because it's grim mm. it's it's mechanically impossible because it's such a kind of physically uncomfortable experience to be in this room and it's also pretty well known for having for having kind of public appearances of well when when i lived in oxford it was public appearances of like of, of, kind of, of like kind of David Dickinson, that kind of like that's all that kind of that kind of person. I tell you what, the VKs at the bar are cheap <laughs> as chips. <laughs> or maybe, Look at that, like, that's maybe a sour not, apple. Like, Two seventy that cost maybe me. Maybe not quite David Dickinson, like kind of people who had been in Big Brother, like that kind of mm, thing. Like that's yeah, what they would yeah, go. Yeah. They would go to the bridge, yeah. and now presumably it's TikTokers. But it's got a really yeah. really weird made in Chelsea. Yeah, exactly. Participants. It's got a weird com. It's got a weird combination of clientele, which is it's got it's got students. And like young people who live there, and men in their mid to late thirties who don't realise that they're the old guy in the club. Yep. Nobody else is is at the bridge. Mm. So unfortunately, Chef Dave is very much in the second category. Mm. So like, yeah, he so he really started pretty much like he'd have his quad vod every night and go on TikTok live, which is a quadruple that's vodka. A, that's a yeah. lot of Wait, vodka. Wait, so he's a, he's a clute man. I don't know what that means. So, right, so <laughs> there used to be a nightclub in, it may still exist, there used to be a nightclub in, in Durham called mm. Clute, which which oh, claims the, the, to be the, the worst, worst nightclub, nightclub in, in Europe. Europe. Yeah. Or, or the, it was like the second worst nightclub in Europe, but the worst one burnt down. Something like that was the legend. Yeah, like the, like the worst one was in like Leiden or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, in, and in Clute, you could order something called, it was like a carpeted nightclub. Um, you could order something called a quadivodi because it's actually it's illegal to serve someone a quadruple measure. So what they would do is they would give you a triple vodka and coke, and then they would give you a shot of vodka on the side. Which, if you chose to pour that into your triple vodka and coke, that was on you. Yeah, you know? 
But uh, yeah, so <laughs> the it's Spirits, like, Weights and Measures Act doesn't apply. We can't, we can't <laughs> stop you. So he was like live streaming on TikTok, building an audience that way. Would like, you know, very much in the kind of yes, lad, it's Friday, let's get on it kind of vein yeah, of content yeah, yeah. that you see on like Instagram, Twitter. Very much kind of. In that vein, it's of, Friday. Where am I fucking Headington crew at? Yeah, like fo- where are the Ifley Road boys? Fo- Let's get after it. Football patter, Twitter, that sort of thing. And the pivot happened, and this is something that we'll get into in you know the episode on in your Patreon. Two. Yeah, that's right. is <laughs> his part in this scene that like Bevo's part of H H S Tiki Talkie the like. Weird. HS Tiki Talkie is the replacement for HS2. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're getting. The weird uh, Fagan S character that is Simple Simon. Um, what? <laughs> what is he's, he's like a sort of like lobotomized pickpocket leader. Oh, it's you are not ready for this. Okay. And also in this is like mixed in like the OnlyFans influencers of the UK people like Elbrook, Astrid Wet, etc. etc. And Astrid like Astrid Wet. Yes. Okay. So Chef Dave uh is a The infernal enemy of Astrid Dry. Yeah. That's right. Uh is this incredibly divorced man who is the embodiment of that guy in his mid thirties in the local nightclub on a Friday night mm-hmm. who is like buying 19-year-old women drinks. What are you here for then? Who are you here with? <laughs> Who are you here with? Yeah. Who are you here with? Astrid Wet. Who's are you that? having a good night? <laughs> so, Snugs I said, is a fine are name. you having? So yeah. I suppose if you want to hear more about Chef Dave, uh, check out the lads' Patreon. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that this is this is the cliffhanger mm. we've been waiting for. The mm. last the last thing I do want to say before we cl- before we close out is I know that in the context of content of, uh, of the context that we're talking about, I know what growth means. I know that, you know, growing on TikTok, but I always picture it as it just means them getting either like larger, taller, <laughs> maybe extra arms. Oh, we're going to talk about that in part of, 2. <laughs> some kind of tree branch appearing from their head antlers so on and so forth uh but yeah so that was that was the free that was the free episode yeah uh the bonus episode will be out later this week with the second half of this discussion so look out for that uh and once again thank you so much for listening to this free episode uh this show was produced by devon follow them at devon underscore on earth if you have not done so already um guys for the free listeners who will not be listening to the bonus one do you want to plug anything uh listen to beneath the skin show about the history of everything told through the history of tattooing and talk about me and milo's professional crossover glue factory yeah yeah we've got a new, a new project uh, it's a video podcast. It's on YouTube. We're gonna we're gonna compete with KSI. Um, <laughs> Milo's gonna have out. to get in the ring with KSI. Yeah, it, all, it, all, it all does That's end right. with like it all, it all does end with all the aging podcasters having to like do YouTube boxing. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. That'd be it. That'd be me, me, me and Riley boxing. <laughs> or we have to box someone from a different podcast. No, it's it, it will eventually is like who owns. The copyright for Trash Future when the eventual Trash Future documentary gets made. 
Mm. It's just going to be Riley being slowly ingested by Bevo. That's the the plan. I would simply eat the largest member. I'd simply swallow the largest member of Trash Future. Yeah, I mean, Um, he he is a boa constrictor. (laughs) Yeah, either that or if you're in Australia, come to my Australian tour dates. If you're in a major city in Australia, I'm coming there in March and April. So miloebbles.co.uk slash live dash shows. Cool. Um, Have we got any more plugs? Nah. All right. Until next one, which is the bonus one that you are going to subscribe to and you are going to listen to. Uh, But if you don't, we'll catch you on the next free one. Bye. 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 Bye.